you're rocking the, the jet green right now. Adam Sandler. Right. Number one, you were Rich Eisen. The second movie, I see Brad Hirschberg <laughs> being your father. Dennis Miller. The autumn wind is caused by global warming. <laughs> Uh, a legend in the booth, Jim Brockmeyer. I do love watching Tebow play. I mm-hmm. gotta say, he just he combines all the fiery leadership of Ray Lewis with the uh, with the throwing ability of Ray Lewis. <laughs> and uh... I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen podcast. Here's your host, Rich Eisen. Welcome to the latest edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast, the post-Super Bowl 46 edition, the hangover edition, the the bumming edition, the sort of what-will-we-do-now edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast. Now that all the football is over, 2011 is in the books, and the New York Giants, who'd have thought it, the New York freaking Giants win it all against the New England Patriots, and we have got a heck of a lineup here for you on this podcast to break it all down, starting with Mario Manningham, one of the heroes of the New York Giants Super Bowl win, the man who had the biggest catch, both literally and figuratively, of the game in the fourth quarter. He will join us on Giants Cam. Uh, He uh, dialed us up the day after the parade. That's uh, on this program. Also, Troy Aikman, Super Bowl-winning quarterback, three-time Super Bowl-winning quarterback, Hall of Fame quarterback, one of the best analysts in the game. He joined us on the podcast the day after the Super Bowl last year, and he did the same thing for us this time around. We'll chat with the lead analyst of the NFL on Fox, Peter King, a Hall of Fame scribe, a man who followed the Giants all week long. He was the pool reporter for the rest of the media in Indianapolis for the New York Giants practices all week. One of the Hall of Fame selectors, one of the best men in the game to take you inside the game and get a set for what is no doubt going to be a very busy offseason and free agency period and combine. Peter King will phone in, and who better to wrap up the playoffs with the plays of the playoffs, the king, the legend of the booth himself, Jim Brockmeyer, will be back on the Rich Eisen podcast. I want to bring in my my guys right now. That is uh, Chris Law, my podcast producer, both uh, television is last week, and also audio. Good to see you, sir. What, what a week in Indy. No doubt about that. Chris Brockman, my television producer, uh, who uh, who was almost Wally pipped by Chris Law when he when he was in uh, when he was in Mobile. <laughs> wow. You were almost Wally pipped. <laughs> wow. Law, you left you left and left Law with an hour long program to put together going to the Super Bowl, but. Uh, <laughs> You're back hey, you here last what? week I, in Indianapolis. I watched we were the in show. Indy. It was fantastic. It was last great. Week. It was great. great. I'm just. I'm not allowed to bust your stones, it's or just because your Patriots you know lost. Is I've, that what it I've is? I've had a rough couple of days, off? Rich. I'm not sure. I'm not song. sure. I, I need it right now. And, you want a tissue? And I that's Mike Del Tufo, my sound man. My sound man. <laughs> How you doing, Rich? The one breathing heaviest into the microphones. Am I breathing? No, you're not. You're fine. Nothing's worse than Lombardi a few weeks ago. Oh, Do you man. know how many tweets wow. I got about about Doug Vader? He's breathing into the phone. My gosh! My gosh! Are you okay? Brockwood, you're right. I've had better days. 2004, 2007 were better. Red Sox won the World Series, obviously. Right. It's it's been rough. You know, it was funny a couple weeks ago when we were talking about storylines. Right. You know which matchup we thought would be the best. Right. I thought Giants Patriots was the best matchup, and I just didn't think the outcome would be the same. Yeah, you know, and and I know Manningham didn't catch the ball off his head like Tyree, but that was a similar moment, right? Uh, Amazing. Where Eli put it, well, where Eli just that was a desperation one. Tyree, this one was an incredible throw. This one, yeah. I mean, this one took some he really serious had, stones. He really had no business throwing it. 
into that way, coverage. Into the coverage. No, exactly. He's got beat by a great throw and a, and a quarterback who's becoming great and who is great. Right he really now. is. Eli Manning is great. He's one of the he's, he's, he's one of the best in the game right now. I mean, would you call him elicious? He was elicious as as Strahan dropped that word. And I tried to get uh, Al Michaels did not use that call. <laughs> correct. No, he, he did not use that call. <laughs> exactly. That win was elicious. <laughs> yeah, I could see on the look on Al's face at last week's podcast. He wasn't. He wasn't buying. He wasn't it. buying it. No, he, wasn't. he wasn't buying what I was selling. No. What the what, what this rock was cooking. But you know, my brother-in-law, I married into a family of uh, New England fanatics. You know, they're from the Boston area. Your wife and I would get along great. I know. She's from uh, Dartmouth, Mass. There you go. That's where she's from originally, and. Uh, uh, spent you know years in Boston, lived in Boston. My brother-in-law lives in Natick, right now. I mean, they're through and through hardcore Red Sox, Bruins, Celtic, Patriot fans. And uh, he was at the game. My brother-in-law was at met the game. Met him pregame. Yes, you met him pregame. Set, That's yeah. right. And um, he, the idea was he was going to come to the set afterwards and hang out for a little bit, let the traffic go, because he had to drive back to Cincinnati, which is again one of the only the only drawbacks to the Super Bowl in Indianapolis were for fans who could not get hotel rooms right. in the city. And uh, when, not if, Indy gets it back, hopefully that'll be remedied for a lot of fans who couldn't find accommodations. At any rate, long story short, he was going to come to the set and watch some of the post game, and, uh, and uh, then head off back to Cincinnati. We're on the set. I look to my right, and I see him there. And he gives me the sign like he, you know, with his hand on his neck that he was out. He's leaving. Yeah. And the look on his face, I, I got up off the set, and I had to give him a hug even though he probably didn't want it. But, I mean, just, you know, he was bummed. That's how I felt. And I was here. I mean. I was I was network bound, edit four, doing the highlight oh, for Total Access and oh, everything after. So you had to rub your own face in I it, did. Basically. I had to see it over and over and over again in the last few days working on our shows. It's tough. We it's poured tough. one out for you at the, it's at tough. the post. It's tough. <laughs> I, appreciate, I appreciate that, guys. It's tough to get away from it. But, you know, like I was telling people, after 07 was much worse because you didn't think that 07 Patriots team could ever lose. After all the things they overcame, the powerful offense. This one, I wasn't really sure or confident that they could win the game to begin with. Right. Well, with how hard my brother-in-law took it, and you took it, and Brady was taking it clearly. Welker. Do you notice Welker shaved off his mustache and everything? All of those guys said that immediately. All gone. Gone, right? How hard those guys took it. You have an issue with Gronk dancing? And light with the shirt off and parting like I it's would say I have an issue with Matt Light doing it more than a twenty-two-year-old. But Light Rob played Light played lights out, you know. And he, I don't you know, think there's any question Matt Light is is. I'll be curious to see what Troy Aikman says about this. He's a guy who right. hasn't had to lose a Super Bowl, but right. certainly he's lost big big games. So I'd be curious to see what a. So you have an issue with Light because he's a, he knows better. He's he a veteran. Know he's you know he probably was a team captain at some point. A 22-year-old second-year player. Hmm. He can. It's his first one. He has to learn a little. Right. I'm sure someone will remind him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what Brady said week one of the podcast. You know, some of those guys you've got to teach the Patriot yeah, way. Right. Matt White should know the Patriot way. So, but, I mean, it's not like he crashed apart. I mean, this was a team, team party. party. Yeah. I'm a little surprised they let. I mean, what do you, but, but when you get Katy Perry on the hook. And Steven Tyler on the hook, and all these people. What the minute the, the minute Gronkowski couldn't grab onto the uh, hail mary, you call him up and cancel him. I was more shocked that he was can't do that bouncing around no, that ankle not. so easily. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, I'm sure like... that was adrenaline at that point. I'm sure he was yeah. fueled with uh, other right, right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Trainer other things med. going through the bloodstream. I right don't there. have a, I don't have a huge problem with it. I, I so, don't have a problem with what Giselle said either. Neither do I. See, I did. I mean, I, I, I took Why? offense. Why? 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 Because 
Yeah, but I'm going to tell you why exactly. That, in my eyes, that was like she all, I think she was repeating maybe what's said at home. And that's why I took offense. Oh, wow. If Tom goes home and Tom goes, you know, those guys got to catch the ball. Listen, you see the video. I know. Okay, you see the video. And there are are Giants fans who are razzing her. They were. They were out of control. You know, Eli's beating your husband and all that stuff. I mean, just after all that done, she got drunk. He got drunk jamokes from where we're from, right? They are jamokes, too. Straight out of the Jersey Shore. Hey, Giselle, you know, Eli's got your husband's number. Right, what do you want her to say? And so it's not like she ran up to them and, and she just basically turned... The only issue is she did call out Tom's receivers. Yeah, you know, that was like bad. my husband can't, and then she dropped an f bomb, which I got a. I, I appreciate the moxie there. I would want my wife to right, back exactly. me up. I, I, I give her credit for that. You know, I mean, like after a- after like let's say you know, knock on wood, I'm 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 um, lucky enough, fortunate enough to be nominated for an Emmy this year, and I lose to Costas again, and I leave the Emmy Awards show. And somebody starts screaming at my wife, Hey, Costas owns your husband. <laughs> I'd want I want her to be there say, for that you know, I felt Susie's handshake. She'd I would say want, something. Yes, I would want her to say, it. Well, you can bleep it out. You know, he can't <laughs> report and, you know, <laughs> right. write at the same time. You know, he can't <laughs> produce and host at the same time. You know, like I would want her to do that, right? Like That's Chris Law. Writes down the time that code of one rich drop <laughs> the Xbox <laughs> twice. <laughs> <laughs> that's my producer right in my, my back. See, see I would want Susie if, if if there are New Yorkers screaming at her. You know, that there, Costas there owns were, her husband. There were four catchable passes that were dropped by the receivers. But at the least. Aaron Hernandez one, I argue, there it was were four. good that he dropped it because more yeah, time would come, come off the clock. It wasn't a first yeah, down. No I mean, but the Welker one was the Welker one should have been caught. The game's over. The it's a tough catch, but like Welker said, he watches not. that. Look, it wasn't wasn't a great throw. I'll tell you what we're talking. You don't think that was a good? I thought that was. good. Here's a, what I thought on this throw. throw. Here's what I thought Hit on both this throw. Of his hands, Here's what I thought about from and, and and this is again before speaking to Aikman and Peter King, who have you know obviously different perspectives on this. From sitting next to Irvin, from watching the game with Marshall, we were on the set watching the last few minutes together and just hearing everything. It seems to me Brady thought he needs to throw it where the safety may not get it, even though he was wide open. Um, he threw it just where the safety would get it. All he knows is Welker's just got to catch it, sit yeah. down, and the game's essentially over, yeah, right? Because right. that was with four minutes to go. Yep. If Welker had caught that ball, first Giants down. had only one timeout left. The Patriots would have been essentially one first down away yep. from and they wrapping were, it up. What, at like the 20? Correct. And if even if they didn't get that first down, there would have been a field goal, and it would have been Eli who needed to right. go for a touchdown with no timeouts remaining. Yeah. That's yeah. what if Welker had caught the ball, and who knows with Eli, and against no offense against the Patriots, hey, he seems to it. have the magic, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, it's Okay, but that would have been the worst-case scenario right. for the Patriots, correct? Well, actually, the worst-case scenario would have been if they had turned it over, or maybe Gostowski had actually Misses. missed the field goal right. or anything like that. Or, or Lee Evans catches the ball. Uh, the week, two weeks prior. Oh no! I mean, I mean, I mean you know, know what I'm saying? Don't confuse the issues. Condiff made a kick. Come on, man! I'm it just talking about the Super Bowl right here. No, but Chris. all I'm saying is that Brady probably thought all Welker's got to do is catch it and sit. Right. Welker's got seen. He's got a better perspective on who's around him. Right. Brady's got all this these people coming after him, and he's further back. Yeah. Welker, Welker's thinking, I'm going for six. Right, I catch this, touchdown. Lee, I'll yeah. lead me, and I'm going yeah. for right. six. So Welker's thinking, I'm going to get led by Tom. Tom's thinking, I'm just going to give Welker this back sort of a, a throw a, a, on his other shoulder that he makes normally nine, ten times out of ten. Yep. And there was just the worst possible time for there to be miscommunication. Yeah, That's and, what it looked like to me. And right even there. after all of that, he got both hands on it. I know, because he's that good, man. Yeah. He's that yeah, good. That good. Okay, so, uh, you know, uh, bottom line is is that was my take on it, and we'll ask we'll ask our guys uh, that are coming up on the program. Brockmeyer, 
is coming as well. We had, I think we, we laid out seven plays for, for him yeah. prior to the, the Super Bowl. We had three, we, we slated three for the Super Bowl, and we filled up those slots. Because yeah. I, was, I was afraid we'd have to blow one of the plays that we'd already had out. But there well, really weren't the, many of those big plays the in the Super Bowl. Play you know? was the, the, uh, most right. yards on a single play, that yeah. catch. For the, entire game. for the entire game. Which was 20 seconds after the Welker. Talk about changing momentum. Man, oh, man. I mean, if Welker had caught it, he didn't. 20 seconds later, the Giants were on the 50 after that incredible catch by Manningham. Yeah, moving was... in the other direction. Whew. Change well, yeah. of momentum. The, the chaos that ensues, too, after the end of that game when, when the clock hits zeros. Oh, it's the field. The field's insane. Oh, it's, it, yeah. I mean, that's I've done that once. I've been in the truck every other year. But being on the field, doing it one time is insane. It is insane. It's just insane. trying to get people. And, yeah. and they just want to party and celebrate. And, and then Breer. Breer caught uh, Brandon oh, Jacobs. Brandon have you Jacobs. seen that interview? I have. Saw it. Instant classic. Yeah. I mean, Breer, I thought he was going to. I mean, it's just like, yo, bro, you, you just want it all. He's an, he's, you know how there are angry drunks? <laughs> he's he's an angry celebrator. Yeah, you Even know, like he scores how people people, people have a little yeah. bit too much to drink and they become angrier or angry. You just add celebration yeah. to him, and he's just he's an angry celebrator. <laughs> Brandon That's Jacobs, a good way to put it. He's I don't want to run into that celebrate. guy angry, sad, drunk. I know any of. It. But then you, but like, like most football players, you take him out of the out of the scene, sure. and you know they're they're sort of. But right in the middle, it's like, did he win? Did he just win the Super Bowl? Exactly. By the way, for a second time in four years. Yeah. And then what he said about Giselle, just tell her to be cute and shut up. What? A, that's ridiculous, man. <laughs> that is ridiculous. It's just so wrong on so many levels. She was going back at a Giant fan, razzing her <laughs> minutes after it's all over. She should have dropped the F-bomb at that person. And I think, personally, from a supermodel, I didn't think she could get any hotter. But... And that Brazilian I know accent. I'm talking about I've another never, man. I know I'm talking talk about before. another man's wife here, who yeah, I love and respect. How? I mean, come on. That's just part of. She's in a, that, that that spinal taps it. She goes to eleven now. <laughs> she, <laughs> she goes to eleven. Point. I'm with she you. Gets an extra point. I'm with you. She goes to eleven. All right. So there's lots to get to, uh, and we're going to come back throughout this program. Let's get right now to, to uh, the man of the hour. One of the men of the hour in um, in the, the New York, New Jersey area, Mario Manningham. He is quite simply one of the big heroes of Super Bowl 46. He had the big catch in the fourth quarter that set up the game-winning touchdown. He is none other than wide receiver Mario Manningham joining us on Giants Cam on the Rich Eisen podcast. How are you, Mario? Uh, how you doing? How you doing? I'm doing fine. You tell me how you're doing. Um, I'm doing good. Um, just, just seizing the moment. And just, <laughs> just still can't believe that, that we won it all. Yeah, I mean, what what is it like now? Just a couple of days removed. Does it seem like a, a dreamlike sequence at all? It's 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 really a dream. I mean, it's we came a long way. I mean, we we was down and out, and any team could have quit, you know. But us having good character, we we came back and did something about it. It, it didn't hit me that we that we won until yesterday when we was at the parade. <laughs> <laughs> really, it didn't. It didn't actually dawn upon you that you'd won it all. No, it didn't. Wow. So uh, let's let's head right to the play. Let's let's go right to this thirty-eight yard catch that you had. Walk us through it from the huddle right to the ball going into your hands. Um, came out the huddle and I seen the the corner was he was like in two man. So I I, I worked outside of him and just tried to hold the red line, the the imaginary red line. And Eli just threw a perfect ball, and I knew as soon as the ball hit my fingertips that I was gonna have to just freeze my freeze both my, both my legs, knowing that 
that um, I didn't have that much time, you know, space outside of me. And when you were in the huddle, did you know that this was a possibility that the ball was going to come to you? I mean, was were you the first option for Eli? What what about uh, the play itself? Um, no, I wasn't the first option. I, I really had a um, I had a pivot, like a fourteen yard pivot, and they rolled into cover two, so I had to convert my route. And seeing the safety was right there, and I seen the ball was right there. So I'm like, oh, this is going to get a little close right here. <laughs> close right here. <laughs> and, and how much did the, the, the catch in the previous drive where you were on the sideline, you were on the opposite sideline, but you only got one foot inbounds, did you have that in mind as you were going through this catch? We, we, knew, we, we knew how close we was. Um, I, I, I could have stayed inbounds, and, you know, Eli could have threw a better ball. You know, we – we was on we were we was on the same page, but we wasn't though. And we knew the next drive that we had a chance to do the same thing. We kind of knew what they was gonna play, and Eli just took a shot and just threw the probably the best ball that that, that ever can ever be thrown. And um, now take us back to your your high school days and how the, you you've you've been running this same route. For years, correct? Your high school coach was helping you run this very same route back in the day. Is that correct? Yeah, correct. And, 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 just, and just a fade ball. <laughs> yeah, well, I know that, but I, but it, it is something that again you've been that uh, that you've been preparing for sort of your whole life, and here you were on that stage. It's it, it's sort of amazing to somebody who's, who's never played the game. I'm wondering what it's like for somebody who actually went through all of this. You went through all of these years of hammering your skills and honing them, and it actually came through in the biggest possible moment. Oh, man, just just from from being little out there and having my position coach, just some, you know, in high school, you only need one foot, but some yeah. high school coaches make you, make you put two feet in. So just in case the referees didn't, didn't see you had one in, you got two in. So... You can't really question if two feet in in high school, but it's just just standing just standing bounds and just holding the line and knowing that you're gonna get hit and knowing knowing just having a sense of awareness where you're at on the sideline. And your high school coach is the father of Josh McDaniels, correct? Yes. yes. How, how how did he take this moment? Oh man, um, I I haven't I I talked to you know I I really had a couple different high school position coaches, but I always had the same head coach. So, you know, he, me and him been talking back and forth and he, he's just, he's proud and just tell him, thank you for everything you did for me. And thanks for coaching me and just helping me become a man and a player off the field. So he's probably very excited that you had this big catch, but then everything else after that, he was probably hoping you guys stayed out of the end zone, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, he, he wanted me to play a good game, but I, I bet he wanted the Patriots to win. Yeah. I, bet, I bet so. How how has how has your game evolved, Mario, since you stepped off campus in Ann Arbor? Oh man, just just having knowledge for the game. Just having knowledge for the game and and just just paying attention to details. Um you have to be strong minded and and know know what's going on around you. And um your coach, Tom Coughlin, how how does he get along with players when he's forty years older than them? 
You know, I mean, <laughs> how, how do you, how, how do you, how does he relate to, to guys of your age, Mario? You just have to buy into what he, what he's saying. Um, he's a, he's a very good coach. Um, he, he sticks to the script. He, he does it his way. And that's just, that's, that's just how it always been with him. Um, he's, a, he's consistent. So I guess it's working. And uh, I guess he stays young when he hugs Flavor Flav after the game, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, that, that was the, that was the funniest thing that I've seen in a long time. <laughs> you and me both, because he, he just finished up chatting with Dion and Marshall on our air, and and you know, and they throw it back to me up on our stage, and I need to talk to go from one thing to the next. And I'm like, wait a minute, is that was that a was that a Flavor Flav? I mean, was that was that a, a uh, Coach Coughlin sort of hugging him around the clock, you know, like what was that all about? <laughs> Man, it was funny because just you just turn around and see Coach Coughlin hugging Flavor Flav, like them the last two people you would think would be hugging, man. <laughs> That's why it was so funny. <laughs> That's why it was so funny, man. That was great. So how was the parade? Oh, it was fun. It was real fun, man. It's exciting. Um, just seeing all them people just rooting for you and, and knowing what your goal was, just coming back and, and seeing people appreciate what you've done for the city. And what about your future with the Giants, Mario? What, what do you see for you uh, staying put? Um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really sure right now. Um, you know, I, I want to stay, but if, if I don't, um, then I, I, just, I just won't be here, man. I, I mean, I just, I don't know. I don't really know right now. I want to stay, but do you, you know, think I'm going to wait to see what's going on and what do you what do you sense? What are you sensing right now? Do you sense that this is a, a possibility for you to to actually stay here or, or go? Um, I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure at all. Well, I'm not sure. with 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 Eli, I mean, obviously, you, there, there's a benefit to sticking around with the same quarterback. I I, I assume you guys now have a, a much better rhythm and uh, a relationship than you than you've ever had so that's there that would be a benefit to staying there too correct yeah yeah it would it would all right well listen uh, what what are you going to do now i mean uh are, are you what are, what are the next weeks hold for you now that you've gotten one of the biggest catches in super bowl history under your belt and and you've got uh you've got so many people who uh are going to be coming up to you and offering you uh you know, restaurant tables and things of that nature, Mario. Just, just relax, man. I'm just relax. I, I need to get some sleep first. <laughs> 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 then I'm, I'll be okay after that, man. I'm be okay. Okay. And then, uh, what do you think of the current direction of the Michigan Wolverines? What are your thoughts on them? They step, they step their game up this year, and I like it. I like it. Yeah, me too. Me too. It was good to see. You I know, like it. After 11, it was, you know, I was surprised to see how well they played just after just one year with the new coach, who uh, you yeah. know probably would remind you of Lloyd a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does. You know. Hey Mario, thanks for taking the time. I appreciate you getting down a Giants cam after such a a, a long journey um, and so much celebration. Appreciate you sharing all that with us. Oh, yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. You bet. Anytime. That's none other than Mario Manningham, one of the heroes of Super Bowl 46 for the world champion New York Giants, joining us on the Rich Eisen podcast.
Excited to talk about this Super Bowl with one of the best who ever laced him up, one of the best currently in the booth talking football. He's none other than the lead analyst of the NFL on Fox, as well as a pro football Hall of Famer, Troy Aikman, joining the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Bud Light. How are you, Troy? Hey, I'm doing good, Rich. Thanks for having me on. Oh, please. We did this last year. We did. This yes, is, we did. This is sort of like a tradition unlike any other. No. <laughs> yeah, well, for some. <laughs> yes, right. Well, maybe for me. Um, so what, what are your thoughts? Let's go macro first. Your thoughts on Super Bowl 46. Well, it uh, you know it kind of played out, I guess. Uh, you know, as I thought that it would. I liked the Giants going into the game. I thought they were the better team overall, and uh, you know, I thought that it would be a fourth quarter game or a last five minutes of the game type deal. The way that all these games are, you know, we get a chance as as you do as well to you know to cover these teams. We cover good teams throughout the year, as you said, doing the number one game for Fox and. You know, they all come down to the fourth quarter, and so you you anticipate that. Who's going to be able to make the plays, and the, the Giants prevailed, and and I thought that they would. I thought that, as I mentioned, the Giants were the better team, but then you consider the quarterbacks that were in this game, and, you know, Eli going into the game, uh, I didn't feel took a backseat to Tom Brady, and, and he certainly came out of the game uh, you know, with people thinking as much or more than they did going in. So what what is it about Eli now? What's different about him now than maybe, say, the last time he won the Super Bowl? Well, the, the last time they won it is, you know, they defensively were really good, and then they ran the ball really well. And, and Eli's play during much of that year was very inconsistent. And then they got into the postseason. He played great. And that was a big reason as to why that team then went on and, and won the Super Bowl. And, you know, I think this year what he has shown is great consistency, like the great quarterbacks in the league. I mean, when you think of Drew Brees and Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and, you know, Aaron Rodgers and those guys, uh, you pretty much know what you're going to get from one week to the next. And when there's a really poor performance, it comes as a real surprise. And and yet I think that the highs and lows of Eli's career has has been – you know, pretty dramatic each each season. That wasn't the case this year, and I think that looking back on this year, the fact that they didn't play as good defensively as they anticipated, and they didn't run the ball as well as they thought they would when the season began, that there was no denying that the reason they were even a 500 team after 14 games was because of Eli Manning, and then the way that he continued to play down the stretch in meaningful games in the postseason, uh, it was it was terrific, and. You know, I'm I'm proud of him. I know how difficult the position is to play. I know what the scrutiny's like of that position. It's more intense now even than when than when I was playing. But you think of where he is today compared to what most NFL fans thought of him six months ago. Yes. It's pretty dramatic. It is very dramatic. And you mentioned those other elite quarterbacks, though. Peyton, his brother. Um, we know he's the king of the audibles, that he goes to the line, and he's the master of, of everything that he sees in front of him. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, we know how great he is throwing on the run. Ben Roethlisberger, we know how great he is after he's even hit in the pocket, that the play essentially begins after he's hit. Drew Brees, he's the king of spreading you out and finding the mismatch. Tom Brady, we all know what he's great at. What is what what about Eli? Can you can you point to something and say that's what Eli's known for? Well, I you know, I, I think that, you know, I think he has a lot of those characteristics that you just named for each of those guys. I mean, when you think of Ben Roethlisberger and taking the hits and not going down, that certainly applies to Eli Manning and the way that he's been able to keep plays alive. He's not obviously real, you know, fleet of foot, but yet we saw it in the Super Bowl the last time they won it. We've seen it throughout this season and the postseason, him coming out of some piles and making some big throws. I think he's very patient in the pocket. I think he's very smart. 
he knows, as you mentioned, where, where matchup problems are. And what I've noticed from him is when given time, uh, he will get through all of his progressions. Not all, not all quarterbacks will do that. In fact, it looked to me, Rich, uh, without having the benefit of going back and, and looking at coaches' tape, that the big pass up the left sideline there to Mario Manningham obviously was a huge play in that game and allowing the Giants to win. One, it was a coverage that you shouldn't be able to get that throw. And when he dropped back, he was not immediately looking to go in that direction. I think he recognized that safety was over the top, don't have the throw, but pressure up front kind of slid him then to his left and as he slid to his left he then refocuses down the field and he sees that he's got a chance to fit a ball in there with a great throw I mean that was not an easy throw to make but those are the kinds of things that I see when I watch him uh, and you're not seeing him especially in big games I mean you just kind of knew going in that that a big game that he was going to play well. And in years past, I think you always kind of waited for the fumble to happen. You kind of waited for an errant throw to happen. And now uh, I know for myself, watching him, I don't expect to see any of those things because he's been so solid in so many big games. As for that Manningham catch uh, in the the, uh, ensuing 24, 48, 72 hours, um, everybody is mentioning how what a great catch it was, feet down, able to control it all the way down. But talking about how it's an even better throw, uh, would you agree with that assessment? Uh, I think it's both. I mean, I, 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 you know, as a quarterback, I certainly appreciate the throw, but I, I know that that was not an easy catch. And and you know, one, he doesn't, he's not allowed to make the catch if it's not a great throw. So let's start with that premise. But. You know, the fact that he was able to lay it, I'm sure Bill Belichick's over there on the sidelines wondering, you have got to be kidding me. I mean, we've got the perfect coverage against this, and yet we don't defense it. You know, and most quarterbacks would have gotten away from that throw, you know, just because of defensive alignment. And I go back to what I said, I think it was more because of the way he had to slide than to his left. But he dropped it in there perfectly, and, and, and I, would, I would say that for Mario Manningham to know that, okay, you know, here's a chance to make a play, but you're anticipating getting blown up by the safety because he knew as well that there was help over the top, and yet uh, he's still able to make the play and get his feet in. I, I just think it was a great play, <laughs> a great play all the way around and with everything on the line. I mean, I, I think you've got to add that component as well. I mean, having played in Super Bowls and when you're out there understanding you know, when Eli took the field right there, you know, okay, well, we got a chance to go be world champs. And how do you then respond to that? I mean, uh, it would be real easy in a moment like that to short arm one or not get it out there. And, you know, for those fans that obviously have not played in Super Bowls, a lot of us have played in pro-ams. And I think you kind of experience some of those same types of, of jitters and emotions, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. And yet, uh, and yet he did it on the biggest stage. Oh, and, that was terrific. And uh, it was big for so many reasons. One, it was the biggest play of the game, literally, that it was 38 yards in length. Uh, secondly, as you mentioned, it's, it just kick-started what turned out to be the game-winning drive. And then figuratively, it was exactly 20 seconds after the Wes Welker drop or the Tom Brady incompletion, mm-hmm. however you care to look at it. Had that ball been completed, obviously things would have been totally different. Giants right. had only one timeout left, and maybe it would have had to be Eli Manning eventually, in a best-case scenario for them, having less than a minute to go and no timeouts left, needing a touchdown to win it, as opposed to Tom Brady in that position. What is your Hall of Fame uh, playing in a Super Bowl at the quarterback position take on that play, Brady and Welker? Well, I agree with you. Uh, when I was watching it, I, I was back here at my house watching it with some other friends, and, and when that 
pass was missed. I said, if they complete that pass, the Patriots win the Super Bowl. I mean, I, I agree. I thought, I thought that was a defining moment. Not that you, you, not that you definitely knew they were going to lose, but I thought that if they make that connection, then the Patriots win. And you know, okay. So as an analyst, then you're looking at that and saying, you know, well, what was it? Was it was it Brady with an errant throw? Was it Welker not making the catch? I, I think it was both those things. And you know, again, I'm going off a of TV copy. So so as a quarterback, sometimes when you're throwing a ball up the seam like that, you know, there's people in the middle of the field and there's safeties and and guys. And so you see color a lot of times. And whenever and you're and you're sometimes hesitant to really lead a guy because you can't quite see what's out in front of them sometimes because of offensive linemen or whatever it may be. And so the safe throw then is to try to shade him a little bit, either put the ball on him or put it behind him just a touch because you can see what's out behind him. And, and it's then uh, a less risky throw. Now, I'm not trying to make excuses for Tom. I'm just saying that – and maybe none of that applied to him. You know, maybe it was just a throw that got away from him. I'm just saying that why, in fact, maybe something like that would happen. Whatever the case, though, it was not Tom's best throw. But we've all seen Wes Welker make that play thousands of times, you know. So I think it's one of those to where Tom's probably kicking, kicking himself, saying, you know, gosh, you know, if I'd just been able to make a better throw for Wes, and then Wes is saying, and eh, the throw had nothing to do with it, you know, I make that catch in my sleep. So it, it, and there were a couple of those. You know, we saw it with Aaron Hernandez. We, we just saw some things with the Patriots there late. Uh, that that I'm not accustomed to seeing from that team in years past. You also saw things early too with Brady with the safety. Yeah, um, and also the, the strange call too. I mean, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with the call because I I think that as officials you have to call it the way you see it. But it it, it didn't look to me like Brady was in any real uh, inordinate amount of pressure to where he had to just unload it. Uh, you know, was there a mistake on the back end? I, I don't sense that there was a miscommunication with a receiver. It's just one of those down the middle deep that you just don't see. And to have it called one in the Super Bowl, and then, you know, I'd like to think that maybe I wouldn't like to think, but I think it happens. I think, you know, with Tom Brady, kind of the Jordan rules type thing, that to call <laughs> that then on Brady is right. a little surprising. Yeah, and then uh, the Giants get the ball back, march down the field, and the, the Patriots get a turnover on third and short. They definitely rip the ball loose from Victor Cruz, the official threw his beanbag. There's no doubt going to be a turnover if the Patriots didn't have 12 men yeah. on the field. I mean, you never see that out of a Belichick yeah. team. No, it's... Uh... Yeah, I think that was. I think that's why Bill was a little despondent, or maybe blew off the NBC interview. You know, <laughs> after the game. Yeah. I think, you know, those are because it, you know. It, here's what happens, and and you know, Rich, you see it, and you cover the league that. You know the teams that don't make the 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 playoffs, uh, they're probably the least affected when the season's over than anyone. You know, and then you get to the postseason, and whoever loses that first playoff game and fails to win a playoff game, that's a real disappointment. They they feel worse than the teams that that didn't even make the playoffs, and then it just keeps getting worse. And so to be right there knocking on the door once again. And to come up short, and to come up short, and I thought the Giants were great, and uh, I have great admiration for what they've been able to accomplish all season long. But if you're in the Patriots seat, then you are pointing to those things that you're talking about and saying, gosh, I mean, we, we, we just kind of handed it to them. You know, we just didn't play the way that we're capable of playing. And, and those are the games that really you carry with yourself throughout the rest of your life. I mean, you remember the Super Bowls. But the chances that you didn't capitalize on, those are the ones that really gnaw at you. And yet um... – Brady, obviously, as you mentioned, took it hard. Uh, Welker 
as well definitely took it hard. There were some excellent stories in the aftermath. Giselle took it pretty hard, too. She did. Take it. I was about to go there. <laughs> when you got Brazilian supermodel wives dropping F-bombs back at Giant fans, I mean, she took it hard. And then there's been a lot of talk um, this past week, Troy, about the party that the Patriots um, had after the game. Obviously, they had it all set up, hoping that it would be a victory party, and 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 clearly, there's no reason not to have a get together after the game. But I mean, Rob Gronkowski, there's video of him shirtless dancing, and Matt Light doing the same thing, and a lot of people think that maybe there should have been more of a subdued reaction on their part. I'd love to know from you, from your competitive nature, and also from the Hall of Fame seat that you uh, occupy, if there's a problem with that. Uh, no, I I think that it's. Uh... You know, I, that's first I've heard of it, but I would uh, I would tell you that it's hard. What I learned in sports uh, at every level, and then uh, it's amplified when you get to the NFL, is that everyone kind of handles loss differently. And it would really frustrate me at times, Rich, when we would lose a game, and then on the plane ride home, there's guys giggling and laughing in the back of the plane. And and what I've learned is that okay, well, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's that it's not important to these players, and it's just their way of kind of dealing with it. And it was different from how I dealt with it. And my guess is Tom Brady wasn't shirtless dancing, you know, at the, at the party, right. and you know because. It, it impacts everybody, but you know when they don't talk about the number of Super Bowls that Matt Light won. You know, I mean, they talk about the number of Super Bowls that Tom Brady won, and that's just the way it is for quarterbacks and and for head coaches. and And it's a long year, and there's a lot of stress that's involved. There's a lot of pressure, especially when you play for a team like the New England Patriots and the way that they run things. So, uh, I, far be it from me to try to weigh in on on maybe how they should have reacted or whether or not those players that were a part of that. Uh, didn't didn't feel the same kind of pain as some others. Yeah, and I was even I'm a little even hesitant to even bring it up because I'm not really one of those gotcha guys right. or 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 po- uh, finger pointing and things of that nature. It just is, um, and and there's I don't mean you know I know Matt Light. I mean he 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 really wants to win. He's a competitive yeah. sob just like anybody else. But it's just odd. Uh, certainly when you see there was an incredible Yahoo Sports column by uh, Dan Wetzel talking about Brady's hour from the ten o'clock to. 11 o'clock hour and and how he sat there staring into space and dealing with a Super Bowl loss again and uh, and now we're seeing you know talks about Brady's legacy which I yeah. think is even off base it, it's just when you lose a Super Bowl something a sensation that you, that you never had to endure well it's 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 one of these things is that that just it really speaks to just what that game means and and the perception that comes from that game to the victors and then the the losers and you know, I mean, and I can speak to that because I, I know what that game meant to my career and what it meant to my legacy. And, you know, shoot, virtually everything I've done, you know, in football, uh, post-football, I should say, has been a result of having won, you know, three of those games. And and so when you get a chance to, to be there and you come up short, I mean, for Tom Brady to, you know, those guys feel so well prepared going into any game because of Bill Belichick and that staff. 
And then to have lost, you know, four years ago or whatever it was to the Giants and miss out on an opportunity to have won as many Super Bowls as, as anybody in the game and then to get a chance, okay, well, now I get to do it again and not do it and then look back and say, gosh, I mean, it could have been five Super Bowls, you know, something that no quarterbacks ever done. And, and I know that having covered the Patriots, having talked with Tom Brady before those games and, and others, there's no way that they went into either one of those games uh, thinking that they would not win the game. And so uh, that's, uh, it hurts. It hurts a lot. And so I, I understand that. And I also then understand that, yeah, people look at the, people look at Bill Belichick differently. You know, I mean, when you lose, they look at you differently. And if they had won, we would be thinking about them differently today than fair or unfair. It's just the nature of the game. And we look at Eli differently. Coughlin, too. Coughlin, you know, I mean, all of them. And so, you know, this is a society that loves winners. And, <laughs> and when people are winning, everyone hops on that bandwagon. And that's just the nature of the business. A couple more questions for you, Troy, before I send you off into that all good, good off season. Um, the week, the week itself, the NFL honors. I saw you backstage at the NFL honors, the first ever, uh, award show where all of the annual awards were put together in a, a two hour show. Alec Baldwin was hosting it. Uh, to my, from my perspective, that was a lot of fun. I think we're going to, I, I think that's going to happen every single year. I'd love to know what your thoughts. Were. I think it's, I thought it was wonderful. And, and, and I've always thought, you know, the way they've done it in the past was, was nice too, that they would have a press conference and announce player of the year, one year or one day. And then the next day during Super Bowl week, they'd announce offensive player, Peyton, uh, the Walter Peyton winner. And all that was great. And, and those are great awards, but you know, football, the NFL is so popular that why not do an award show? And, and yeah, I've got to believe that there's a there's an interest by the public, like there is in some of the music awards and things that that people in the, you know the uh, Academy Awards and all that. That you know, is it to that level? No, but I but I think there is a place for it. And I think the biggest thing, I think the reason I like it probably the most is because. It, it really honors those recipients uh, in the rightful way uh, amongst their peers and, and on a bigger stage because those are meaningful awards to be, to be nominated and to receive Offensive Player of the Year, Player of the Year, Man of the Year. Uh, it's great stuff. And I thought the NFL, I, I made this comment uh, while I was there. I, you know, I've been associated with the NFL now for you know, 20-some years, and I've never been to an NFL-sanctioned event that wasn't first class. And uh, even though it was their first time to put that thing on, it was still really well done. I was, I was really proud to be affiliated with the NFL. And you're not just saying that because your co-presenter was Chrissy Teigen, correct? <laughs> that didn't hurt. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> say, Although, hey, you know. i got to tell you, Rich, yeah. I was talking to her backstage. She was, she was really nervous, and I said, look, we'll just go through it. I said, here's what I'll say, and then you say this. It's all on teleprompter, and then I'll go to, re- I'll start this as to who won, but I can stop and let you say who actually won. Mm-hmm. I, you can say Reggie Cobb, yeah. or Randall Cobb, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. and uh, she says, no, 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 I, don't only, I only want to say as little as possible. You read the winner, and I said, okay, all right, fine. So we go out there, we start to do it, and when I got to the name, I think she forgot what she had said, and so she leaned in like she was going to, and people, I don't know how many Twitter followers her ha- she has, but apparently they all felt that I stepped on her line. Oh, no. So, so anyway, but she, she was great, and uh yeah, that that didn't help. That didn't hurt the experience. That, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure it didn't. And uh, lastly, uh, Indianapolis as a host city, I think most people give it uh, very high marks. Um, uh, obviously, there there are some people who you know are trying to look for hotel rooms and may, may not be able to get it. But right. other than that, it it it, it was. Um, 
it was huge. And yeah. th- th- I'd love to know what your perspective. Uh, well, I think that was. there's always going to be people that, that aren't able to get rooms no matter where it's held. There's always going to be a little bit of gridlock because of the number of people that are, you know, coming into a city. I, I, it, I thought it was the, I thought it was the best experience that I've ever had, uh, at a, at a Super Bowl, and, uh, been going to a lot of them. And I just thought it was, thought it was first class from the time I landed in Indianapolis, the driver that they sent to pick me up could not have been sweeter. The people at the hotel were fabulous. I stopped a number of different times and, and asked people, volunteers on the sidewalks, hey, where's such and such? They couldn't have been nicer or more accommodating. I, I, I thought the whole experience was absolutely terrific, loved it. And I hope they do get another Super Bowl, and I hope they get it real soon. I mean, the weather certainly helped with the experience. Yes. But I think even if it had been cold, people were prepared for that. I just think I, I, it was a lot like New Orleans. I mean, everything was pretty much located centrally to where you could get around, didn't have to necessarily hop in a lot of cars. And I thought it was great. But that said, what was the weather in the Metroplex area last week? I heard, <laughs> oh, I, I heard, man, it, was, right. I heard it was awesome. It right? hurt. It was, 70, it was <sighs> 75, 78 degrees all week long. I had a oh, Super Bowl party here at the house, and most of the people were outside watching it on TV. It was almost 60 degrees on Sunday. So yeah, people bought but that uh, Dallas Super Bowl yeah, must have been like, come on, it, I really? Know, I know. But, <laughs> that, hey, that if gotta, they only had that weather, if you only had that weather <laughs> last year, yeah, right? Hey, right? Hey, Troy, thanks for the time. I appreciate it. You're the best, and uh, I look forward to chatting with you down the line. Hey, thanks, Rich. You bet. That's none other than Troy Aikman giving us his Super Bowl 46 thoughts after the big game on the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Bud Light. That's Troy Aikman's take. Chris Law, Brockman, and uh, and Mike. That was he's awesome. He's great. He is. He's yeah. great. I mean, uh, he 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 loved Indy. He he laid it out there. Uh, you know, and Indy. I got to tell you, um, I you know we we go to the combine there every year, and the scene there for the combine it's freezing. There's about six people on the street. And and the steak and shake like Dick LeBeau sitting in there at twelve thirty in the morning and that's it that's the pace that's the pulse of of the exactly. town it is and the Super Bowl was holy smokes I know we got there the Sunday before the game and you felt it immediately you walk yeah. into the experience the NFL experience where Total Access was coming from all week I went in there on Monday and. A Already 90,000 fans had come through the doors of that place. I got wow. in Saturday yeah, set records. Saturday well, and I ran Sunday. into Frank Sapovitz, who is, you know, the VP in charge of events of the NFL. You know, God bless him. He's, he's, he's going back and forth between Indy and Hawaii because, you know, the Pro Bowl is oh, going right. on at the same time. You were at the Senior Bowl. I was. And that's what a busy week for us. You got the Senior Bowl, the Pro Bowl. I had no idea when we interviewed Mike Mayock for the pre-Super Bowl podcast that he was going to go from Mobile Right to the, to the to Pro Bowl. Hawaii. Yeah. I couldn't believe I heard him on, yeah. on, on the call yeah. of the Pro Bowl. Yeah. Like, how the heck did he get there? Something like, I can't wait to ask him at the combine. But anyway, I saw Frank Sapovitz Tuesday morning of, of, media, of media day. He said then, he knew it then, Tuesday morning, the experience would shatter previous records. Yeah, it was packed. That's couldn't even it, walk through it. And you know, that's what's neat about holding the Super Bowl in a place like Indianapolis, that, you know, fans, I'm not saying fans in Super Bowl cities take it for granted when it comes back every now and then but you know they put on a the big 10 country hosting a super bowl they these folks loved it they couldn't have been and and aikman was absolutely right it really wasn't just because he's a three-time super bowl champ that the people were nice to him and giving him directions and helping him out they did that for everybody everybody yeah my my driver wasn't that nice to me but what happened (laughs) (laughs) i don't have have a driver i'm like wait a minute Driver. driver, okay. I'm like, wow, wow. Okay, let's check the budget. Let's check the budget. I did get the fleet on my jet flying in. You know, I was. Everyone was great. 
Couldn't have been nicer. Absolutely couldn't have been nicer. Yeah, it was actually. The city did a great job. I mean, we've been there 10 times mm-hmm. in the years of the NFL. Almost 10 times. And it's just a great city. I know. They're definitely going to get it back. But as I mentioned, totally. you know, as it's I mentioned, uh, it's, you know, you got you to put yourself in the fans' perspective, too. It was real tough to get a hotel room yeah. in that town. Really difficult. And there's a million hotels. It's like there was like it just was really tough. Well, they say the Orlando Magic had to stay in the Cincinnati? Orlando Magic. Well, I mean, because the lockout ended right, they right didn't know when late, and so, so rooms were already booked. And so that the well, it was you know the schedule comes out, and they had to they had to obviously compress the schedule, right. and they couldn't avoid a game, I guess, being played in Indianapolis on Super Bowl weekend. Good luck. Yeah, they went to Cincinnati, right? Right. Wow. Maybe in the hotel where my brother-in-law and had, they had to stay. To commute. In. Right, and so that's a tough thing. I don't know, you know. Obviously, economics. You build another hotel. Can you fill it throughout the year? Is it worth? I don't know. Bottom line is, hopefully, that does get rectified. The crowds were enormous. It was unbelievable. Yeah. The crowds were enormous. Shots on the network down the street of that fan plaza enormous. was enormous. Unbelievable. Enormous. It yeah. made Bourbon Street actually not look like Bourbon Street in my eyes. And I've done Super Bowls. In I North. thought Troy made a good point that the weather was a great factor. But even if the weather were bad, that city's set up so you basically don't have to walk outside. Yeah. No, I know, I know. To. But if it was ten degrees, you, you're definitely not ziplining. Ziplining, yeah. <laughs> on a, on Did you do the zipline? Hell no. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Hell no. There's a weight limit for me, so I definitely. This dude, it was two seventy five. We found that out. You don't tip two seventy five. No, I'm not close. I'm, I'm fine. I would never have done that though. There's no way. No, hell no, yeah. hell no. Two things, okay. First of all, <laughs> hell no, okay. Secondly, do you know how many live hours of television I had to do that week? I go down. The ship goes down. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't just me. I've you, got a, I've got a team you, on my back. You are the Titanic, and in, that's a, in the best possible terms. In the best right? possible I mean, terms. Come on now. Yeah. It's true. Did uh, they ask you to do it? Did they want you to do uh, it? Nobody even came to me. No. I was waiting for them to can, strap can even, they, they just knew what the answer was going to be. <laughs> they asked, uh, so we were doing uh, SuperBowlLive.com as well, and they asked, uh, they asked our, our other podcasting buddy, Dave Damashek, to do it, and his response to it then was, mm-hmm. Jews don't zip line. Jews don't zip line. <laughs> yeah, you know, Charlie don't surf, Jews don't zip line. Although Eric Charlie Weinberger, don't surf. Eric Weinberger, our executive producer, yeah, that was I, he's a hardcore Jew. I would never. He zip lined. I would never. He zip lined. He zip line, but true. Usually, you, that that is the usual analogy. <laughs> the only zip Jews I know is zip a ziplock bag. That's it. I'm not going. Hey, did you just went next level on us right there? I, I am not going. And the NFL honors, the NFL oh, honors, amazing was a show, raging, great, amazing show. You know why it was a raging success? I'll tell you why. Uh, first of all, it was first class the whole way. Alec Baldwin hosted it. Guy, a fellow named Jack Burdett wrote for him. He's he's one of the writers producers of Thirty Rock. Okay. Awesome. A big Cleveland Brown fan as well. He nailed it. Yeah, All those jokes they did were great. great. Job. They were literally funny. They were. Usually these, uh, these award shows, certainly sports award shows that will remain nameless, they have, some, they have some really cringeworthy moments to it. Yeah. Best part about this thing, two hours. Ass and seat at six. Ass up, out at eight. eight yeah. Period. End of story. Yeah. End of story. And all of the speeches by the players were quick. Yep. Except for one. <laughs> you got a little bone to pick, I think, Rich. Well, it's not a bone to pick. Okay. But uh, I did have a role in the honors show, which was to come out and introduce uh, some of the plays of the year. Okay. And, you know, I'm fine. I, you know, I, I'm excited about it. Why not? Right? It's the first ever right. NFL honors. It's one of those things that. On NBC. It's not just. It's big. Every, and, and, and everyone was there. Don Shula was in the house. Right. J- Jim Brown was in the house. Joe Namath. Joe Namath was in the house. Okay, so you got to the old school, and then I did get a good picture. So of many of the of the contemporary players were, were there. I mean, Peyton Manning giving the MVP award That's out cool. to Aaron Rodgers is like amazing. it's like Jack Nicholson giving out a Best Actor. 
Yes. Award. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of the all-time greats giving Get out. To another, to yeah. another. A semi-passing of the torch, too. You know, you it, it, was, it was a really neat, classy moment. Peyton coming by himself, giving it to Aaron Rodgers in Indianapolis. Big, classy stuff. That's cool. So it's, it's, there's, everyone's there. So it, the, 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 clearly, the producers and the league has nailed this stuff. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited to come out and read my three lines, okay? There's 15 minutes left in the show. And this was pre-taped, so it ends at 8 o'clock Eastern. They have to get this thing on the air on NBC within an hour. Right. It's coming on at 9. So if this thing's not to time, okay, there is a fire drill that has to take place. They are on time. Everything is on time. And I come out, do my thing, three lines and out, because I know if I start expanding it, if I start going on, I'm going to cost myself a I've spot. I've never been known to you to stretch it, so you probably were right. I out. just nailed it. I mean, <laughs> tongue firmly in I don't know how to take that. I honestly don't know how to take that right there. I'm going to be very, very honest. But at this point, I definitely know I have to nail my lines because the guy who just won the award beforehand was Drew Brees. He, I think he spoke for like two minutes when he took the award down. He put the thing completely off time. I wound up hitting the cutting room. Did floor. they tell you, or oh. you may you actually were part of it, and then you got cut? Correct. Oh, I would be very upset about that. Correct. But you did get an hour on the pre-show red carpet. Uh, listen, I, 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 FaceTime is not a complaint. I mean, if, last week, if you don't like watching me on television, <laughs> that was a You're bad week trouble. for you. Okay, <laughs> that was a very bad Especially week for Sunday you. Sunday morning. Okay, <laughs> I, I was like Truman, right, yeah. of the Truman Show. I mean, it was it was insane. A lot of face. So, but at any rate. You know, it would have been nice. Oh, Certainly, yeah. this thing gets reared over and yeah, over I again. This is I'm be not the next there. Big event. It's happening. I'm it's going to be gigantic. I was sitting behind. Um, I was sitting behind uh, in front of Greg Aiello of the league, next to Pete Abatante of the league as well. Within ten minutes of the thing starting, five minutes of the thing starting, I turn around like, I'm like this. I'm, no, 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 no. I turn him. I'm like this thing's an every year thing now. Yeah, you could sense within five minutes this thing's yeah. going to happen every year. It's yeah. big. It's going to happen every year, and of course, and that was just the first time out. It's going to get better. They're going to do more awards, I think. It's going to be it's going to be expanded. But the thing that they got right is is quick. Stick to time. Yeah. First class quick. Done. And get as many players in there because it is a player's event. Yeah. Past and, and present. Yeah. Get them all in there. I mean, the bottom line is this. If this thing, and I think it will just go on for years and years and years and years, you look back at the first one, and Jim Brown's there, Don Shula's there, Peyton Manning's there, Aaron Rodgers is there, Drew Brees is there, right? Yeah. Come on. Great. I mean, that's that's obviously Brady's not there because he's in the game, but who else do you want past and, and contemporary? That's And it's a great show right the night it. before the Super Bowl. Alec Baldwin hosted it. Tebow Perfect. was front row, yeah. as hot as he was. His first, The first joke that of the night, he made segment. fun of himself. Yeah. It was great. So I was I was downstairs in the Xfinity Lounge for this, uh, where they shuffled everyone to after they came off the red carpet for uh-huh. you. And Stacey Dales was doing some interviews, and then we were doing some feature stuff with all the players that came through. And it was just surreal. John Hamm down there, Emmanuel Shariki, Sloan. You could stop Sloan. right there, by the way. Ooh, ooh. You could stop right there. I mean, Emmanuel <laughs> Shariki. Sloan. Sloan. Oh, Bro, as advertised, Brockman, there is, I mean, seriously. Let's uh, just leave it at that. Who do I have to kiss up to to get on this gig next year? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Law was all over the place Jeez. at the Super Bowl. I know you were all over. Yeah. The place. He was. I had a great. In fact, week. you were on the field after the game. He's on, you he had, like, f- we're gonna. You want to put that video on the blog? Yeah, we can throw it in the blog. I got. got He's on the field awesome, all game. Uh, Eli I, Eli Manning moment um, after the game. The crowd rushes in, and uh, we're shooting some stuff to get back for the the madness just to send back to NFL.com. dot 
and uh, the the tra- one of the trainers for the Giants yells Eli Eli and he hands him the game ball and I'm literally Eli turns right Come into to my shot. It was pretty cool. I know, one one last game ball story and then we'll get to Peter King. Best story that I I heard that I had not heard before at the uh, Super Bowl. I'm at uh, a dinner on Wednesday night and Plexico Burris is there sitting next to David Tyree. Wow. The two guys who caught touchdown passes in the Super Bowl in 2007 for the Giants. They're sitting next to each other. And I asked Tyree, you know, where's the ball? Where do you think the ball is, the David Tyree catch ball is? Is it in the Hall of Fame? Do you think it's where it is? Incorrect. It's in Plexico Burris' house. Wow. Because it was a two-minute drill. Oh, you can't substitute the ball. Balls. That is the same football that Burris caught for a touchdown. Wow. Story. Great story. So Tyree, if That's he wants the ball, Burris story. ain't giving it back. Because wow. Tyree caught it, he had to put it back in play. <gasps> That's unbelievable. I thought they pulled it out. It's the same football. That's the same football. You wow. know, as devastating as that play is for me, it's really hard to hate David Tyree. Syracuse grad. Oh, okay. There you go. Most New England uh, fans... Not, not so much. They, they, yeah, they could look past all that. They could look past all that. I don't know. All right, let's get to Peter King now, his thoughts on the Super Bowl. All right, guys, if you want to listen to Peter King, you're going to have to download part two of the Rich Eisen podcast. We were having so much fun in part one, we had to break this up into two parts. So to download the second half of this Super Bowl edition of the Rich Eisen podcast, check out NFL.com slash Rich Eisen, or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Part two, as we said, includes... Peter King talking Super Bowl 46 as well as Peyton Manning's future and Legend of the Booth Jim Brockmeyer counting down the top 10 plays of the playoffs. That's part two of the Rich Eisen podcast available at NFL.com slash Rich Eisen. Stay listening, friends.